Our good friends at Johnny O welcome you to this episode. And if you've listened to Rich Take on Sports, then you know two things are important. Sharing the impact of sports in people's lives and the Johnny O clothing brand, blending those East Coast classic styles with a SoCal vibe. I've been wearing Johnny O for several years, and now you can as well with 20% off your first order by using the promo code ARICHTAKE at johnny-o.com. Live your best life with the Johnny O style and use promo code ARICHTAKE at johnny-o.com for 20% off your first order. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted, built, and inspired by the role of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richard Weaver. This is episode 158. Thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. Family is a word that can be used in many different ways, but it all comes back to some form of a group. And for Victoria Carmen, sports and family are one in the same. Growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, sports was just a way of life as the daughter of a high school football coach, and she would realize that she wanted to pursue a career in sports. After graduating from Indiana University, she would embark on a journey as a sports reporter and anchor, taking her from Wyoming and other stops to now in Greenville, South Carolina, where you'll find her as the news anchor for Fox Carolina News. Our conversation with Victoria Carmen. Tori, we get to sit down finally, and you're hey. in the hot seat, right? Oh, here we are. Yes. Oh my goodness, you got me in here. It's the first time now that the camera is a little flipped on you in terms of now you're the subject rather than you talking about right. the subject or interviewing somebody. I, I don't get know. to. I don't know how I like there. it. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> it's so different, but now this is this is exciting. I'm so happy to be here with you, Rich. No, well, I can't thank you enough. Uh, again, we've been talking about it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad we can actually make this happen. Happen. For sure. And as we joke, though, I mean, this is just, you know, an easy subject for you because right. it's a subject that you're an expert on. It's, you know, how you got to where you are now mm-hmm. and how sports was intertwined in that uh, journey. And I know we have talked previously just a little bit about your background, but I'm, I'm just always fascinated just people's first memories, though, of sports. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the first time that... You remember, okay, this is sports. This is something that I want to gravitate towards. Or what was that gravitational pull? This is it. Oh, gosh. And um, I was young. I was around football my entire life. Still am to this day. But I can remember being, well, you know what? I don't really know if I remember it. I've seen photos of it. Does that count? That does, yes. Photos, documentation, of uh, being at football games when my dad was coaching. My dad is uh, still a high school football coach, and um, I'm an only child. So, you know, the three musketeers, my my mom, my dad, and myself, and uh, he's been coaching for a very long time, for decades. And uh, there's a photo of my mom 
holding me all bundled up in Chicago winters in my right, freezing at practice, at my dad's practice as he's coaching. And it's the three of us. And um, I was probably, what, one, not even one at the time. Um, so I've been around it since pretty much the day I was born. Yeah. So it's just something yeah. that you have just grown to know. Grown that you to didn't know. even know anything different. No, that, that was it. I mean, my mom was pregnant with me when my dad's team was playing in the high school state championship when it snowed. <laughs> uh, so, and I was born a couple months later after that in January, but um, it's been just part of my life forever. And it's made me really who I am today. You know, it's sports. It's not just what you see when you're playing. There's so much more to it uh, than what you see on the field or the court or whatever it is. It just, it makes you appreciate things differently and see things from a different perspective. And I credit that to, to my family. I really do. And was sports a way for you and your dad to bond? Absolutely. Only child. Yes. Got stuck with the daughter. But if, <laughs> I will say, if you ask my dad, hey, if you had another child, he'd say he would want a girl. I can quote him. Is that right? Yes. You'd think this football guy would want a boy. He's got to have a son. Now, he's got to have a son that he, goes plays football. He loves daddy's girl over here. So, uh, but we bonded on it. Absolutely. I mean, he's part of the reason that I wanted to get into sports as a career. So, you know, we'd play football catch in the backyard when I was young. He taught me how to hit a baseball. Uh, we, I just have vivid memories of always uh, doing that together and my mom watching and cheering on from a distance. But um, yeah, that was something we would always do. And I would always joke with him when I'd go to football practice and be around the guys. And uh, I'd want to go on the bus after the game. And I always say, remember the Titans. When you think of the daughter, the oh, coach's yes. daughter, that was me. That was you. Yelling at my dad on the sidelines. What are you doing? You should be doing this play. <laughs> As I got a little older, of course. But um, yeah, it's, it's brought us together and it still does. It's something we can talk about every day. Yeah, and well, and we have to uh, also say congratulations yeah. to him as well, right? Congratulations. Another state championship. Lockport Porters. Yes. Uh, 8A state champs in uh, Illinois. That's yeah, it just happened a few weeks back. So yes. I got to watch, um, I was streaming the game on my phone while I was actually out at the bar with some friends. <laughs> I mean, technology, pretty exactly. amazing. When you can take it to a bar, that's yeah, the best, and I'm, right? And I'm like, I'm, you know, having a sip of my uh, my beverage and um, watching the game and, and they played phenomenal. It was a great season and uh, just so pumped for my dad. Uh, you know, he says he's retiring, but... You think he will? I, I don't know. No. My, mom, my mom thinks he should. I say, hey, whatever makes you happy. But... Um, We'll see. Knowing him, I don't think he will. You don't think so? I think it's a great way to go out. Oh, exactly. Right? But I don't go think you could ever sunset. I don't think you could ever shake it. He has such a passion for helping kids and wanting to teach and instill uh, not just skills on the field, but life skills. And that means so much. I think we need that today. So um to have the old wise guy, the old wise yes. <laughs> man on the sidelines, uh, I think is pretty incredible. So, hey, as long as he's healthy and he can keep doing it, more power to you, Dad. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. We'll it, even though I, I get it, though, that would be a nice way. You win a championship I mean, and you just walk off. It's right? perfect. I, I mean, again, that's why I was so disappointed. Not disappointed, I shouldn't say, but Michael Jordan winning the NBA championship against the Jazz and 
you know, their sixth championship. That was the perfect ending, hitting mm-hmm. the game-winning shot. Right. And it was a little frustrating to see him come back with the Wizards, as much as I love Michael uh, Jordan. I know. You know, it's just like, uh, I MJ. don't know. Yes, MJ. MJ. So speaking of that, Chicago, talking about a sports town. Chicago. My oh. goodness. So what were your teams? I mean, how much did you enjoy the sports environment in this, in Chicago? I mean, I grew up during the MJ era. Yes. The heyday of it. So uh, pinnacle bulls right there. Um, of course, Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears. You got to love the Bears. I mean, we're oh, a little, it's been a struggle. <laughs> it's been, it's been a, a while. Struggle. It's been a while since that Super Bowl shuffle. But how could you not love a historic team like that? The Cubs. Let's no. go. Finally, finally. Finally getting that. I remember the moment when they won. Uh crying tears of joy. I was in New York working at that time. So I was not in Chicago um, to witness it like a lot of my friends and family were, but I got to watch it and and celebrate when I was up in New York and pop some champagne wearing my, uh, I think I had my Michael Barrett shirt on. If you remember him when he (laughs) played for the Cubs. I know. Oh gosh. That's Um, a random one. So random. (laughs) I always liked the most random players. I know. But um, yeah, Cubbies, Socks. I went to high school on the south side of Chicago. I grew up in the southwest suburbs, so technically speaking, I should be a Sox yes, fan, exactly. right? Yes. A little confusion there, but my dad was always a Cubs fan, um, so yeah, I would always cheer for the Sox if they were when they won. It was exciting. Um, I was in high school during that time, but I'm always Cubs through and through. And then Blackhawks. Oh, so you're we hockey. Our, I mean, everything. You Come well. on, Rich. You know, I know. Chicago go. does have it all. We got it all. it all. We got it all. We're having some off years right now, but the Bulls are back, so that's exciting. Yeah, they are playing we a lot We just got to get them out of the COVID protocols. I know. Well, and it, every sports kind of league right now is a hot mess a hot in mess. terms of all the protocols and all of that. So when did it come into the picture, though, in terms for you, you talk about you wanted to be in sports as a career. When did you start thinking about that, that you wanted to be in sports? You know, I have, I have memories of probably even when I was in middle school, um, when you're, you're feeling out, uh, having those career fairs and thinking, what do I want to be when I grow up? I, I will say when I was younger, I loved animals. I still love animals. So I always wanted to be involved, maybe a veterinarian, let's say. Science and math were not my strongest. <laughs> I was more of the creative side. Okay. Um, I loved writing. My dad's also a high school English teacher. That helps. Uh, so I feel like I just kind of followed to what he was he was always doing. And um, yeah, that's that quickly switched from veterinarian to I want to be Michelle Tafoya and Susie Colbert on the sidelines. You know, this was maybe around the time when Aaron Andrews started getting bigger. Um, but those are some of the women I would see talking about sports. Hannah Storm, Sage Steele, uh, Go Hoosiers. They really inspired me. And I said, I want to do that. I want to be able to make my career talking about sports and and getting to know the stories behind the players. That was really one of the biggest things that I uh, was intrigued by was I know what goes into these coaches yeah. into these these kids uh i think there's so much more than just the x's and o's and um i fell in love with that how did you get to indiana though they had a sport communications program yeah. when i was looking at schools i specifically wanted something that had not just journalism 
but maybe a sports track. So, of course, I looked at Missouri. You know, they're known for their journalism. Great alums, Northwestern. Indiana had a journalism school at the time. It's no longer there. Unfortunately, uh, we have this new media school, which has come come to light, and it's pretty incredible now. Um, but they had the sport communications program. It was like half in the journalism school, half in the hyper school, which it's really funny. I have a Bachelor of Science in kinesiology. <laughs> Oh, well, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> I know. It was a very, very That doesn't strange. make sense. I know. How in the world did you come up with that then? Ask IU. I know. Okay. I know. But I also have my journalism certificate. So okay. it was kind of a split program where I was doing more sport marketing and sports business, physiology, and then also the broadcasting and journalism side. So it was really cool, actually, to get a little bit of both. But went to Indiana for four years. Amazing experience. Amazing school. I I loved that campus. I fell in love with that campus. I don't know if you've ever been. No, you know what? I have not. Bloomington. And that's, yeah, and that's a bucket list item for me as Assembly a Hall. college basketball sure. guy. Yes, sure. exactly. I mean, I definitely need to get there. Oh, yes, you got to see a game there. It, there it's it's special. Um, but yeah, I was there for four years, and uh, then I interned right away after that in Indianapolis. Uh, doing sports there, and uh, then went to Atlanta. So I went down south after yeah, you that, did. and you uh, did some get out stuff. of that bad right. weather. <laughs> <laughs> get out of there, and uh, was able to work and do some really cool things as an internship with NBA.com and NBA TV with Turner Sports. Um, so that was a really, really cool experience to be able to uh, to see behind the scenes there, and then from there started my on air journey, Casper, Wyoming. Stop number one, baby. And so talk about just that in terms of, you know, a, a lot of people think that you can just get to A to B really quickly, but I mean, it's a grind, right? Yeah, I mean, you can. Absolutely. You see it happen, you know, and a lot of people have maybe family or they grew up in a broadcasting family or they know and they, or they're very, very talented and they're able to move up like that. And, you know, when I was going through this, this was more than 10 years ago. And, you know, it's, it's so crazy to see how it's changed from a decade ago to now where I'm seeing these young women going straight from college to market, you know, 30. I'm like, holy smokes, I would have yeah. killed for that. That's incredible, yeah. though. Um, there's so much young talent out there. But I went to market 197, one of the smallest markets in our country for TV. I mean, Wyoming is the least populated state. So was there any America. hesitation? No. To go to Wyoming? No. You're My just, parents. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wyoming? Wait a second. I know. It was, it was just, it was, it was something I knew I needed to do. I was like, all right, let's do this. Why'd you say that you needed to do that? Wyoming? Because, I mean, I know you could still apply I other probably, jobs. Right, I'm sure I would have heard, but I was ready to go. I'm like, let's get this thing going and let's have an adventure. Oh, that's an adventure. That is an adventure. What is the life? The Wild West. Yes. What is life like in Wyoming? I'm fascinated by that. Oh, it is probably exactly what you would think. Cold? Cold. <laughs> um, is it flat? It's Casper's pretty flat. I was right in the middle of the state, smack dab. And um, it's not a lot around, around there. Yeah. Um, it's an oil town. We had Casper Mountain. It was actually very beautiful. I will say... I think I'd appreciate it more now as I'm a little bit older. 
than what I did when I was 22. But it's it was very exciting, but also very scary to go somewhere where you know nobody, nobody. That's Not a whole a nother adventure soul. itself. Yeah, and you're going from growing up in Chicago with a big family, um, lots of cousins, aunts and uncles around you, going to a Big Ten school, and then interning in these bigger cities to Market 197. And yeah, it was a culture shock. Had to be. Culture shock. I mean, you know what? The people out there were were so nice. It's exactly what you think. There's tumbleweeds, uh, antelope, uh, cowboy hats, uh, a lot of hunting. Um, <laughs> now, are you a hunter? I'm not a hunter. <laughs> I've never done it, but I would, I would, I would try. I think I was a little, little too, um, too young for that back then. Um, I preferred the hiking at that point. We had to have some still, good hiking. Still do. I they had some great hiking there. But um, yeah, we covered a lot of rodeos. Oh my goodness! A lot of rodeos so, and. Would you consider yourself a city girl that moved oh, to the? Gosh. You know, to the Wild West then. Sure, I would. Deep down, you know, city girl, technically speaking, that's where I grew up. But there's always been a part of me that has loved the country. And that goes back to, again, growing up and loving animals and my parents actively taking me to farm camp as a kid. So they found a farm on the outskirts of Chicago and they would bring me there. What did you do at farm camp? I, I, I don't I know, know what you do it, at farm camp. It was the children's farm camp and I loved it. We would get the eggs from the chickens, brush the horses, do cross-country skiing in the winters, do all those fun things with the animals. Yeah. Oh, that's right if you're out. So that's then. why Wyoming kind of made sense. Then. Yeah, it, de- it definitely did. It all came did. full circle. <laughs> yeah, covering the rodeo though, the Cheyenne Frontier Days, I will say, is an experience. It's a bucket list. You need to go check it out. Why is that? It is the world's largest outdoor rodeo, and it is just the most cool thing you'll ever see. It's it's pretty incredible, okay, and it's still going on soon. to this day. It's in the summer; it's it yeah. real hot, but it is it's a blast. Yeah. So would it get? So were the winters and summers? I mean, just completely, you know, 180 degree difference yes. in terms of. And summer only lasted extreme two, colds like to two extreme months. heat. Yeah, like summer was like two months, maybe like it was pretty short lived. And then it's very windy there as well, just because of how everything lays. It's It was always windy. You'd be out trying to do, you know, a stand-up for your story, and you're like, <laughs> your hair is all over the place. Um, but it was a really cool place to start, honestly, because everyone was in the same boat. We were all right out of college, and we had no idea what we were doing with our lives. Yeah. <laughs> except Learn we were, as you go. Except we wanted to be there to start our careers, yeah. and we were so driven to do that. Uh, making below minimum wage and just living off ramen and <laughs> peanuts from the bar. <laughs> yes. <sighs> but, um, yeah. And adult beverages. And adult beverages. Yes. A dollar beer. A dollar oh, beer Oh, there we go. I mean, come on. Sign me up for that. Right? Right. Like, where is that now? Yes, exactly. Yes. You'd be in trouble. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. Did you ever do any bull riding then? I did not. No, you were covering rodeos. I watched rodeos. it. I watched it. I mean, that stuff is Or serious. even some bronco riding. You need to. No. Nothing. No bareback, huh? nothing like that. I mean, it's it's intense. Yeah. It is. You think of it and then you see it and you're like, okay, this is actually a little. Yeah, it's a little more dangerous than you it's think. Dangerous. I mean, those cowboys are tough. Tough. When they say cowboy tough, <laughs> they mean it. 
they mean it. And um, covering the University of Wyoming was actually very cool, too. That was about two hours from Casper. Okay. With being the only university in the state. Um, so it was all about the Cowboys and the Cowgirls. And, you know, they had some really good teams at that time. So that was really fun to be able to cover Mountain West football and basketball. Um, San Diego State, you know, their basketball team was really good with Steve Fisher during that time. So they were coming in. New Mexico was there uh, with Alford. So, yeah, it was it was good a good way to start. So what was the decision then to leave Wyoming or just to get to a bigger market? Bigger market, closer to home at the time, um, two-year contracts. It's usually what we go on um, in the business. So my two years was up, and it was let's look for the next thing and what would be a great place to, you know, live and and have good opportunities and maybe be closer to my family. And, um, you know, you're spending holidays alone away from your family a lot of the times when you're first starting out because you're working those holidays. You're the low guy on the totem pole. Like, you're down here. So, mm -mm, you're working Christmas. You're working Thanksgiving. (laughs) But you have your your news family, your sports family, who you're all in the same boat and you're doing it together. And that's really those moments I'll never forget. You know, you still have friends from those first jobs uh, that you can look back on and and laugh about those moments and those those crazy times. Um, but yeah, the goal was to get closer to home. So I, I did some applications and you go on interviews and I ended up in Toledo, Ohio, which was about three, three and a half hours from Chicago. So a little bit better. We're making progress. Yes, you are. Um, so it was actually a great market for sports, um, with the Mac there with Toledo, Bowling Green, uh, and then you had Detroit so close as well. So we would go up and do some, some Tigers games. Alliance, um, <laughs> University of Michigan, yes. and then obviously Ohio State with that rivalry. Um, really great high school football in Ohio. Um, that Midwest football, really, really good basketball was also very good there. Their high school sports in the Toledo area. So it was it was a lot of fun to be there and closer to home. And that was only a year. So I got out a little early um, and ended up taking a job in Florida from there. Yeah, so, so you were trying to, you, it seems like you're looking at better opportunities for weather as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think I learned right. that real quick. I'm like, I think it's time for a warm-up. Yes. Yeah, I'm dealing with these brutal winters, and it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Um, I had been weekends, a weekend sports anchor, and I was being offered a weekday sports anchor position in Fort Myers, Florida. So what's the um, difference between weekend and weekday? Obviously, I mean, I know yeah. just from the physical aspect of you're doing the sports on the weekend right. versus weekday, but it's it's viewed differently in terms of mm-hmm. kind of the the level. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Weekday is, is more solid you're the main, position. Yeah, you're the main, the main cheese. Um, so you're going and you're anchoring, you know, a newscast or two a day. And then sometimes you'd have to still go on on weekends to do those big events because yeah. we know all the the big sports happen on a Saturday or Sunday, right? Um, So there were still times we had a lot of golf, uh, a lot of PGA, LPGA events in Florida where we'd have to go and and do those. Those are the best. Those are, they treat you real nice. And uh, it was great though, because I was anchoring sports, not just reporting during the week, you know, a couple times a day. So I got a lot of experience in the studio, got to start a fantasy football show during the time. Um, 
yeah, it was it was a cool experience to be down there for a couple of years. You still do fantasy football now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> rough season? Really rough season. <laughs> I had a new approach this year what was to the, my draft, and it did not go well. What was the approach? Go heavy receiver. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a little different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I usually go heavy running back, and that didn't, yeah, I just... We don't want to talk about that. For me, it, it doesn't matter. I, I figured out that the years that I've put a little bit of effort and did homework before the draft, those were the worst years that I've had yeah. versus just letting, just letting it the go. computer just randomly draft. Oh, the, you know what? You know what? When someone forgets it's draft day and they just let it go auto-draft, then they end up yes. with the best team. It's, it's crazy. Shit. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I, it drives me crazy uh, from that perspective. So now, what, what did you do, though, when you're a weekend, like during the week, I mean, obviously you're hyper focused on mm-hmm. your job on the weekend. But so, what were your what were you doing yeah. during the week? You go out and you do a lot of the grunt work. So you know, you go out and you're like, all right, let's see. We're talking with Clemson football. They have their press conferences on Mondays today. Tori, you're going out and you're doing the interviews, putting writing the scripts for the sports director for that show, maybe putting like a Vosot together with video and then sound from a coach or a player, or maybe putting a package together. So, you know, putting um, all of those sound bites in, in your script and, and tracking that. Um, so you'd be doing a lot of that grunt work every day, lugging the camera. I was going to ask you, yes. <laughs> oh man, like I swear I was walking like this for a long time. Um but, you know, that's when you'd be out and you'd meet everyone. And that's the best because you're developing those relationships with, you know, fellow um, sports anchors and reporters and the beat writers and the radio guys. You know, you're, you're out and about doing that. And um, then you're also building a relationship with the team and the coaches and the, and the players. And for me, that was always so special because of my background and I felt like I could always relate a little bit maybe to even what, you know, their families or their kids were going through because, you know, obviously it's a different level, but, you know, I went through that too with my dad being, being a coach. So I always felt really connected when I was able to be out and about and interact with everybody. And not going to lie, sometimes you miss that when you are in a main role because you don't yeah, do you it don't have that same type of connection. Much. Right, you're not yeah. out there as much mm-hmm. as maybe your weekend person would be. Um so yeah, you you stay busy, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you talk about that connection because of your dad yeah. uh, coaching. Also, life as a coach is not always easy no. either, especially even in high school there's the pressures and people think that they can do a better job and obviously if things are not going a right. certain way how was that for you? Did you ever have to deal with, you know, some of the the backlash or negative things that would be pointed towards your dad? Yeah, I mean that's part of life, right? No matter no matter what you're doing, I think there's always going to be, unfortunately, people who are critics. Yes, especially it gets heightened when you are a public figure, uh, when you are in uh, the light with with coaching or you know, being on air as well. So there would be days, you know, when my dad would come home and I could remember him being very upset about something or this or that. And my mom, God bless her, like she is the backbone of our family. She keeps <laughs> us together. Um, and she... There's always a woman yeah, behind. Yeah, oh my gosh. They're a great family. Such a strong mom. Um, like we both don't know where we'd be without her, trust me. 
But um, she would hold it together for us. And, you know, you give you give each other the love you need and the support you need. And, and they've done that for me, too, as I've gotten, you know, progressed yeah, this, in my career. Your career is not easy. Either. Yeah, it's it's not. And you know that um, people are just not nice. There are a lot of really unhappy people out there who can say really harsh things, whether they're true or not. And you you learn to to be strong and to to let that bounce off of you, but it doesn't mean it, it still doesn't hurt you. Of course. And I also think in coaching, it, it's tough. There's such a fine line with withdrawing an ego and staying humble. And when you win a lot, and and people automatically assume certain things about you, and and you know, we always told my dad, stay humble. And just mm-hmm. put your head down and work. And that's what he tells me to yeah. this day. You know, you kind of he kind of reversed it on me. And um, <laughs> I'm like, you're right. It's so true. Just know that you're a good person and you're doing your best. And that's all you can ask for. Um, but it's tough out there. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, you're on social media. And mm-hmm. so. Gosh, and that's changed. You know what? I was going to say, yeah, goodness, how have you seen that, that change over oh. the past five to ten years? I mean, it's it's night and day. Yeah. I mean, are right? you getting bombarded with like negative? It happens. Yeah. It happens. Um, you know, I think that social media has its great qualities. And it was just becoming a thing when I was graduating college. I think Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook was, you needed to have a college email before you could ever join it. Do you remember that? Like, oh, I don't remember. Years back, like you couldn't do that at any age. You had to be going to college to get a Facebook account. And now obviously it's changed. But that was just starting to become a thing, Twitter and Instagram. I mean, Snapchat and TikTok weren't even in existence yet. Um, That's a whole nother can of worms. But uh, just to see how it's, it's, it's done positive for people, but it's also such a negative thing. And people can hide behind an emoji or a screen or whatever they want to and just spew hatred at people. And I'll never understand it. I think you just pray for them and you know that they're just, they're unhappy. But like I said, it still sucks. Yeah. Do you pay see. much attention to it or do you try to not even? Um, you try to ignore it. Yeah. And um, I think I, I find it more upsetting to me when people assume that they know you or they assume things that are not true about you. And that's more hurtful. But again, why am I going to care about this person who clearly has no idea who I am or what I'm doing and let them ruin my day? You know, just pray for him. Yeah, but it happens. I mean, it, it there, happens often. Yeah, and a lot of people, it affects them yeah, in a real negative way. It's the whole mental health ac- ac- aspect of social media. I think it's something that we really need to talk about and you see it being talked about more which is good and you see Instagram and certain platforms coming out and saying hey we're going to work to be better at this and I really hope that they are but it's time it's, will tell time right? will tell I mean it's it's a tough one it's just it's at your disposal we have many computers with this at all times now of course so you're always constantly yes you know I mean I get all my sports news from Twitter I do too right yeah that's that is definitely my news source is, yeah. is Twitter yeah, I mean, that's where I get my sports news, but I try to keep it just to that. Just to news, yeah. Exactly. You know, just to certain things, because otherwise you're going to go down a rabbit hole, and I don't I want know. to do that. 
Yeah, I, I'm definitely much more of the news aspect, right. and then you know promoting you know various things, but I don't positive. It, yes, exactly. It, I, I tried to stay away from grab going into that rabbit hole and reading all the comments about you know, various <sighs> topics, right. and obviously even right now, I mean. Uh, when you start talking about COVID and, you know, vaccines, and that's a whole nother oh, you know, animal as well. Yeah. yeah, that you can really see a lot of negativity and a lot hatred. Of evil, just, right. Yes, just like, complete hatred. Oh, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me, especially after everything that we went through as a nation during 2020. There was just so, it was such a heavy year. Oh, I mean, it's yes. still pretty darn heavy. Yes. But... You know, I thought it brought a lot of us together in a way with certain with certain things. Like, hey, let's get some perspective here about life. We're all human beings, um, but maybe it did in some way. But others, I I know, I don't know. I know, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there might be more division than mm-hmm. bringing us together as a nation. And I'd like to think sports is something that does bring people together. Well, I would have to say that was one of the big things that I did pick up yeah. on is that people continued to focus on when is sports coming back? You know, that type oh, of mindset right? is like, can we get sports back to... Like, come on, we're craving Yes, this. exactly. We, we need we want, some... We want to cheer for something. Entertainment yeah. or it's, you know, a diversion, whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what sports does in so many different ways. So during the pandemic, though, what was your life like in terms of not being able to go into studio? Oh, I know. How challenging was that to do your job? Oh, gosh. You know, which I'm so thankful we could be here doing this. Yes, right? exactly. Like, this is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I was home. I was anchoring for, what, I think three months over over the summer of last year. Uh, it was your own little studio at your house, basically a little makeshift studio. (laughs) Wasn't nearly as nice. Um, but yeah, I, I I was excited at first because I'm like, Hey, I get to be home with my dogs and I get to be a little casual, you know, when they say, you know, you see those newscasters who went viral for, you know, wearing their pajama bottoms and it accidentally was shown or on air or something when they were home. It's true. You know, I think we were all in that same boat, but it was it was different. I think after about a week, it got old. <laughs> yeah, I bet so. Yeah, Had to. because you are alone, and when you're in a studio, you're with your co-anchors and your your crew, and you got that. You build and you play off each other's energy, and when you're home alone, there's nobody to do that with. And we were on a delay, and I didn't have a prompter, and you're you know it it was just a mess. I did try to make it cozy. I like we put a candle <laughs> by me. I put like the Fox logo. We had like a nice little setup. It was like news by candlelight. Yes. But um, yeah, it did get old because I missed my people. I missed my people. I did learn a lot. I did take a lot of time to, to work on certain things with myself. And I think that I grew a lot during, during that time just as a person in general, and then also as a journalist trying to to still do stories from afar. And what do you mean that you grew as a person? I took that time to really hone in on things that maybe I wasn't happy with or I needed, I knew I needed some soul searching for. And um, I had gone through some personal stuff earlier in 2020. So I felt like God really met me during that time. I'm very big into my faith. So mm-hmm. it grew and that was incredible to me to see how that relationship 
uh, built. Yeah, and then strengthened during strengthened. that time. Yeah, yeah, because I know you can go one way or the other. And you know a lot of people went the other way, which is really, really sad. And so to be able to grow and feel even more whole than I was while being isolated, yeah. um, that doesn't sound right. No, but it doesn't. It worked. And I was really thankful for that time. So that time, that downtime allowed you to mm-hmm. have that time to get yeah. closer with God. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just to be good with me. You know, I think a lot of times... Yeah, did you need that time, you I think? did. I did. I think a lot of times in our industry, we're around so many people constantly. And yeah, we're you con- seem like a people person. Yeah, though. you're constantly on the move and you're doing things and you're meeting people and, and that's that's great. But it's when you're alone. I think sometimes you're alone with your thoughts. You get a little jumbled and you need that time to yeah. be able to reflect and do it in the right way and then actually see yourself through some of those challenges and and being okay with being alone. And that was a really, really was incredible journey. You? At times it was. I mean, I broke down a couple of times, but I mean, I came out so much better. I'm thankful for it. I really am. And so was there also a, a point of like, all right, I, I really need to be back in mm-hmm. community or, yeah. you know, getting back to you know, just being out and about. Right. Yeah, there was. Yeah. I think it, I think probably during that that last month of being alone anchoring at home, I was so ready to be back in the studio and see my people. And, um, you know, I did get out and I would go on walks at the park and like bring my dogs and sometimes meet a friend out at the park and and um, do socially distance wine or something or work out <laughs> outside like that. Um, because working out, I know, you know, we, we share a love for that. Yeah. Um, that was so tough to not be able to go to a gym and have that community um, so going and doing those park workouts was, was helpful, but yeah, I got to a time where I was like, all right, come on, let's go. Like, I'm, I'm ready to be enough back. Enough. I did my work. Yes, exactly. Yes. You <laughs> I put did in my, your time, I did, right? I put in my time. I did my work. Yes. I'm ready for some, some of my people. And I think I miss my family so much than being in Chicago. And then of course my family that I've made here in Greenville, but it all, it all got back and I'm, I'm thankful for, again, that time uh, alone. And and now we're good. We're back together again. We are back the together. The band is back. Yes. <laughs> Woo. When did faith become a big part of your life? Um, I grew up with it. I grew up Catholic, very big Italian Catholic family, Southside Chicago. And, um, you know, I think I always went through the motions as a kid of this is what your parents are telling you to do. And um, you go to church on Sunday, you you know, you get communion, you go through the sacraments, you go to church on Christmas and Easter, all those things. But I didn't really have a relationship with God. I didn't really know what that was. It took a lot of time to figure that out. And I honestly think that, that started just within the last couple of years when I probably turned 30. I don't really know how, but I think I, I realized that I needed to really develop this on my own and, and, and see what that looked like and getting involved with, with a church and having friends who share that faith was really important to get that started. So it's something that's become a really big part of my life and, and 
I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. I, I think that's the only way you can do it is that it's your decision you and your it. path and you have to choose that. Yes. It's, it's yeah. not somebody else telling you that oh, yeah. this is the way it has to be. It's never going to work. No, it's not. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, yeah. Cause there's a lot of people that are like, don't tell me what to do. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's, that's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And so I hope that sometimes I can inspire others who I know are struggling with certain things in their lives and and we're able to talk about that. And maybe they're not the most faithful person, but even if they're giving it a shot or a thought about it, I know that you know that means the world to me. Yeah, there's there's a certain aspect that I think it's very impactful when you hear stories like yours where you come into your faith later in life mm-hmm. and you know it's through that journey because I was very similar. It wasn't until you know, I was probably like 37 that I came to that type of relationship uh, with God. And, you know, I look back and I'm like, gosh, life probably would have been a lot easier if I would have done that <laughs> years ago. Oh, <laughs> right? You're telling me. I know. But it all happens. Exactly. That's part of the path. That's when part of the, the journey. Yes. It, it, firmly believe that. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Why get out of sports? <laughs> Anchoring, though. I was going to say, I knew that that was coming. Yes. I know. I know. That was your passion. That's what you... I know. And it still is. Yeah. It still is. Um, I will say now, it's it's fun to be a fan and go on weekends to games. Yeah. You don't have to work. That is a good part. Yes. But yeah, I had, you know, so I was in sports for quite a few years, I believe six, and I was in Florida, um, and I was in a relationship at the time, a long distance one, and um, he was a college football coach. And you, like you know, that football coaches, football don't you? Coaches, I guess. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Here we go. And um, it just kind of happened. But, you know, we were in different spots. And then he took a, a position in New York. And I was looking at my next move with my career. And it was not in New York. You know, it was pretty far away from there. So, we decided like, hey, if we're going to do this, what, we got we to gotta, we gotta be closer. And so I decided to put the career on hold for, for a moment. And I moved to Ithaca, New York with no job. And it was a lot. Yes. <laughs> it was a really big decision. It has to be. My parents were questionable about it, um, but they supported me. And I appreciated them for that. And I still do. My agent was very shocked at the time and also supported me in my decision and just said, hey, I wish you the best of luck. You don't need my help anymore. If you need, if you want to get a, a job up here, you can do it. Um, because we were in Ithaca um, and the closest market was Syracuse. So that was about an hour away. And it's it's not an easy it's terrain not, up yeah. there. Oh no! So probably an hour and change. But it's, it's not flat, Wyoming. Oh no! <laughs> but it's gorgeous. I mean, I never thought I would live in upstate New York. It's beautiful in Ithaca, New York. They call it Ithaca is gorgeous because there are a lot of waterfalls and gorges there. It's like a little play. On oh, okay. Words of there you go. Yeah. Um, and it is. I. It was one of those little cities you would just walk around and. And kind of be in awe of. Um, I have really good memories of being able to do that. Just walking and having my coffee and going to the waterfall and thinking. And um, it was a really cool time. I actually was waiting tables 
for a few months just to make some money when I was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do. And I realized I was not able to give up yet my passion of being in broadcasting. I just, I loved it too much. I was, I was not ready. Um, I was in my late twenties. I was like, I'm, I'm not ready. Yet. I'm here with the person that I love. But I, I also love my career. So let's do this. So I went to Syracuse and I applied to all the stations there. There were no sports openings at the time, which was a big bummer, but there was a weekend news anchor position open. And so I said, why not? Let's apply to this. Let's just you know, there's a lot of people who switch from sports and go to news and let's, let's see what this is all about. And I ended up getting the position. So I signed a two-year contract there and I was the weekend anchor at a station in Syracuse. So I was commuting and, um, yeah, it was a whole different ball game. How different? <laughs> a whole different ball game. I mean, you know, a lot of things translate in terms of just being on air and storytelling, but when it came to breaking news of there's a deadly car wreck, um, there is a fire, um, a, a gas leak, whatever it was, you know, that was so new to me. And I had to learn how to be on my feet in a different way, not talking about sports that I'm comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. This something is that something you that know. I am like, okay, what what are we doing here? So they were wonderful. And my my news director, my assistant news director, some of the people who'd been at the station for a long time really helped me through and and taught me, you know, and mentored me. Okay, like this is the terminology you use. You know, it's it's funny. I I, I think of like, you know, in sports, you use some slang when you're talking about certain things or like baseball positions, you know, like one, two, three, four, all the, the numbers, that's something that we just know we're in news. I didn't know anything about how you call this, that, or the other thing with the fire departments, the police departments, the sheriff's office, what is the difference, the deputies, the, the officers, all of that. So it was, it was very new. It was very different, but I ended up really enjoying it um, because it was new every day. Where in sports, it could be pretty similar. Oh, yeah. When you're you're doing the seasons. You yeah. know, okay, it's football. We're transitioning into basketball. There's the crossover. Then there's hockey. And That's then right. there's this and that and the other thing. Whereas with news, I mean, one day you could be doing a really cool feature story. And then the next moment, they're like, sorry, we got to take you off this. You're going to breaking news. You know, there was a shooting down the street. And you're going live like that. So I enjoyed the variety. And... I also enjoyed the people I got to meet. Again, I was able to go develop relationships with people in the community there in, in the upstate of New York, and that was pretty amazing. I met some truly incredible people. One one woman I met uh, doing a story on uh, her, her, her story is incredible. She was an alcoholic and had a near-death experience and turned her life around, found God, and found art. And we did a story on, on her journey. And now, I mean, she's inspired so many people with her faith and her art. It's so incredible to see what Jackie's doing. And she became one of my really good friends. Um, such a cool bond that was formed there. I will say she played a big role in my faith, too. She did. Um, yeah, she really did. Which she is, kind of plant the seed? Yeah, I think, she, you know, I was always then curious. And she was someone who really pushed me and gave me that love and, and talked with me. We just connected on a lot. We call each other, you know, sisters um, after everything that we've been through together. So, you know, and I think back and I, 
I'm like, I could have taken a position in sports, maybe where I was interviewing, but I, I chose the path of going to New York on so many unknowns. And it really, it brought me to where I am today. You know, it didn't work out in the relationship, which was difficult, but that's okay. Um, makes you stronger. And I finished my contract up there and, and I said, you know what, this next move I'm going to make, I'm going to make it for me. And I'm going to take my time figuring out where I want to be physically in this country. And I want to be in a good position um, where I know I want to get involved with the community. And I ended up here in Greenville, South Carolina. Yes, I've so been what, here for about two and a half years. What was it about Greenville, Dan? I mean, were you looking at, all right, I, I want to go to the Southeast or yeah. was it just, it was, it you was, you saw that this was open and I've said, always, oh, well, let me look. I will say, I've always loved the Carolinas. I've never, I had never been. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, here you go. You loved them, but never been. Okay, I never been. I never been. But it was one of those things where I just always heard great things and the coast and the weather and all of the things that it has to offer. My parents would say that too, like, "Oh, if we ever retire, maybe we'll just go to the Carolinas." So um, I was intrigued. So I was always looking at some markets here. I didn't want to go back to the Midwest, even though family's there. I was just over the cold, cold. Um, I had some ideas of where I wanted to go, but I wanted to be in a main position. I wanted to be in a main anchor role. And so that's very limited because those positions don't open up, up often. You see in markets, the main anchors, even well, here, stay they stay forever and, and ever. Yes, because, you know, that's where their roots are. That's where they created their family. And it's a great place. Who would want to leave Greenville? Mm. Um, so when that position opened and I came down and, and I interviewed, um, I just, I fell in love with it here and I just prayed about it. And I said, you know what, if this is where I'm supposed to be, it's, it's going to happen. And it did. Were and, you focused on also potentially even looking at sports yeah. anchors positions as well? You know, I, I thought about that and I realized that I really enjoyed the freedom of news of having a Monday through Friday position, my set shows, whereas sports, you're all over the place. You really are. You're having to go in on weekends to, to cover a game. It changes quite often, and it's tough to balance a family, um, which is something that I would love in the future. So I said, you know what? What's best for me right now is to probably stay with this. I felt like it happened for a reason, so let's let's keep going. And the beautiful thing about coming here is they know I have a sports background. They've been wonderful at Fox Carolina because I've made it clear I'm pretty passionate about yeah. it. And our sports director, Aaron Cheslock, and I, you know, we have a great relationship and so thankful for him. Um He's advocated for me to help out, and I had to hop in when he lost his voice this season for our Friday Night Blitz <laughs> show. I mean, I hadn't done high school football highlights in quite some 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 time. Yeah. So, and it was so much fun. I felt like riding a bike, um, just getting back on there and getting into it. And you know, people around me that night, I remember they were like, "Oh my gosh, we can tell you love this. Like this is your energy's coming through, and like you're very comfortable here." And I'm like, "I, I am. Like I do miss it." But it's cool that I get the opportunity to help and, and, and be able to tell a sports story. I got to cover the national championship with Clemson and there LSU. You I mean, that was a bucket list that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, that wasn't a good it national wasn't a championship good, for Clemson. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> exactly. Sorry about that. But to be able to go and do that, you know, when I'm in a, a news role, 
I still felt like I was getting best of both worlds. So I'm very thankful that I'm able to do a little bit of both here. What, what's been the best sports event that you've been able to cover? Oh, that's so tough, Rich. Yes, that's uh, why I've got to ask that. Like the that. best? I don't know. I mean, from a like, oh my gosh moment, I think just being at a national title game and being involved with the hoopla leading up to it and and being able to see the coaches and the players gathered and talk to them and being there at the dome and, and seeing everything going down was so cool. That was really amazing. Of course, not the outcome we wanted, um, but uh, being able to cover, you know, sure, some pro sports has been really neat. Um, I just got to go do the Atlanta Braves victory parade uh, with our sister station in Atlanta. So that was really cool too. It's I feel like a lot of those have come later on in my career. The stuff early on when I was actually in sports, there were a lot of really cool moments. But for me, it's it's funny. It's been when I've technically been in news. Oh, okay. Which yeah. is interesting. It is interesting. Right? Um, you know, covering Jim Bayheim even up in, in Syracuse, got to talk to him a couple times. He's a character. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah. I was yes. trying to make him laugh or smile. <laughs> I, I was successful. That's, oh, good. Good for you, Dave. That's a little difficult. I know. Oh, uh, no. But um, and, it, and it's fun to be able to watch from afar some of the teams and the programs that you've covered. I've, I've always cheer for them now, whether it's Wyoming, Toledo, Syracuse. Yeah, you have that connection. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. How difficult is it, though, for you, because you're working such... I, maybe not long necessarily. I know you're working long hours, but the late nights, because you're doing the news you know, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, when this you whole, should be sleeping. Yes, this whole night owl aspect that you talk about. I mean, how does oh. that, like, how do you balance your life and being at such odd times? I know. That's, it is tough sometimes. And some people don't really grasp it. Like, wait a minute, what? You go to work at, 2.30 in the afternoon yeah. and you're done at what time? <laughs> but I've honestly, I've been that schedule my whole career. You know, like I've always worked that that afternoon, um, even in sports, late night shift. Sometimes later if you're traveling. Oh, um, right? You know how that is. Yes. So um, I'm used to it by now. I like having my mornings when I'm able to get up. Maybe if I need to sleep in, sure, I could sleep in. Otherwise, you get up and get your errands done get some 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 chores, some laundry, work out, and then go to work. Um, but you need a lot of coffee. Yes. <laughs> you need a lot of coffee. And um, But you're used to we're it. We're used to it. Yeah. We're used to it. And, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm able to do that. I have a good routine. I have two dogs at home, and um, it's, it's the three of us, so we know what we need, when we need it. You got your schedule. We got a whole right? schedule down. So it works. It works. And then having weekends off is amazing. So I can, I can go imagine. to the games That's and right. like go, uh, you know, cheer yeah, like on. You said, be a fan. Be a fan. Go to Yeehaw and have a, yes. have a beer with my friends and watch, you know, uh, some, some football on a Sunday. So uh, that's exciting because that was the stuff that I never got to do. So to be able to do it now is, hey, better late than never. What's the significance of the tattoos? What's the, the story? Tattoos. Oh, you've seen, I got my little ones. I know I have yeah. a few small ones. My parents were not thrilled, <laughs> I will say, um, but they've accepted it. So I actually got these during the pandemic. Well, this one was my first one. It's it's a Roman numeral three, just three three lines. Mm -hmm. And that's for my mom and my dad and me. 
for the three Love of it. us. Okay. Um, and then I got a little cross on the inside here just for faith. So those were both last year. And then I, I did get a new one uh, a few months back. Um, my Papa Frank, my my mom's dad, we were very close. And he passed away, you know, a few years back. And he was my biggest fan, biggest supporter. He would log on to watch our online, you know, streams of our sportscasts and our newscasts. And, you knew you always had one watcher. Yeah, <laughs> oh, always. Papa Frank. And he, from since I was a little girl, would always, you know, call me his TV star. He always, he was always just, he knew. And um, he would say, you know, I love you more. And my mom then says that to me all the time and writes it in her cards and, and all of that. So I just felt like I wanted to get something to um, always have with me that represented him and my mom, of course, because we're very close. So I actually got, um, this is her signature, that I her writing that I took from a card she wrote me and I brought it to my tattoo artist and I said, hey, can we make this happen um, just as dainty as possible in a place that you is not as visible because when you're anchoring, you know, I don't want them... Um, super visible and so we put it on the inside here just so it's close to my heart and it says love you more uh love so that. yeah just something special and <sighs> meaningful you know that's always with me but your parents weren't big fans of the tattoos. no <laughs> oh my gosh my mom was so funny rich she was like what she's like couldn't you just keep that nope no, in your pocket or like in your purse. I'm like, mom, come on. But no, I mean, it's, they're good with it now. But now I'm like, okay, I don't have anything of my dad, like specifically because I got, you know, one, the thing of my mom. So now like, I have to get something four, from my dad. Right? I know, I know. So I'm trying to, I think I know what I'm going to do and um, we'll surprise him with oh, that we'll have one. Oh, surprise, yes. Well, yeah, it's going to we'll be stay very, tuned for that one. We'll stay tuned, small and dainty, and then we'll be done. But it is true, once you get one. Watch out. It's a little addictive, huh? Watch out. <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. Um, but yeah, they're all meaningful. Family is so big to me, so important. And I think, you know, sports is family. Uh, we have so many people that we consider family that we've met through, through sports. You know, my dad's players, past players. Um, we've had them over for dinners and, and that's just so special and I just, I don't know where I'd be without all of those relationships that we forged and, and the relationships I have today too with, you know, I say my new family because friends are family. Yeah, of course. You know? Yes. And in sports is that way to connect so many different people it really in, in is. different ways. It's, it, it's truly incredible. It's so special to have. We got to, got to remember again, it's so much more than what you're just watching on exactly. TV. Like it is. The emotions, it's the, it's emotions. the camaraderie, it's the pageantry, right. and the, the togetherness, mm -hmm. and you know people from so many different backgrounds coming together for one common bond to cheer on yes. something or cheer against. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Sometimes it is cheer against hey. as well. <laughs> but I know you can you can bond with someone like that if you're cheering for the same team. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or you see someone walking on the street. You know, here in Greenville, I'm walking downtown and I see someone with a. Chicago Bears hat on or an Indiana Hoosier shirt and I'm like go Hoosiers or go Bears <laughs> and it's just it's just so it's so much fun to be able to have that connection through sports 
Exactly. It's a beauty. Well, Tori, I can't thank you enough for <laughs> jumping here oh, in the hot the seat hot with me. Seat. No, yes. wait, so that, that, that was pretty easy. That was, was pretty easy? Were, you know, See, I thought I you, you were going to throw me some dingers there. No, I told you. Okay. Okay. No, that was, that was great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. So much fun, Rich. While our journeys in life probably never go the way we intended them to go, it's the experiences that make those journeys so unique. And of course, all the people and the relationships that are made along the way that means so much. And it's easy to see how family and sports for Tori have been a significant part of her life. But no matter how you define sports or family, we know they're completely interchangeable. Now that finishes episode 158. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. 